What's up, y'all? It's Darren Waller, and y'all tuned in to the Second Win Podcast. I'm going to come in there with something written. I'm going to stay up all night and write something. She's going to be fired when I'm done. Before we get this episode started, we want to give a huge shout out to all of our fans, supporters, subscribers out there. Can you do us a huge favor? Please hit that subscribe button, that like button, comment as well. We appreciate all the support for the pod as we continue to grow this platform. We appreciate you. We hope you enjoy this episode. There is no way this works that well. (laughs) Why, Why are you so happy, bro? What you mean? I can't be happy? Nah, you can be happy. You're just a little extra today, though. I'm not being extra. I just got this new thing today that made my boss feel mad smooth. Here, feel this. Damn, that's smooth. It's really like this? That's what it does? That's that manscape, bro. For real, it's like, it's super legit. And last time I didn't use this fool, bro, I was mess- I messed my stuff all the way up. Cut myself up. It was really bad. Manscaped, bro, it's the, it's the real deal. Don't tell me that's that lawnmower 4.0. Yeah, bro, that's that advanced skin-safe technology that produces nicks and cuts. They also got ball deodorant and, you'll you'll like this one, crop spray toner. Well, bro, where can I get me some? Because I know you got that discount code. Come on, bro, you already know I got you. Falls right around the corner, so you know we need fresh balls. Get 20% off and free shipping using code adversity at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping using code adversity at manscaped.com. As the leaves fall, make sure you have it all with Manscaped. I hope you don't know I'm about to use this Manscaped. Yes, sir. You see what's going on? Got that HelloFresh right to the front door. Number one meal kit in America. I didn't have to sit in line for an hour and a half at the grocery store. Didn't have to spend $90 on a $10 burger on Uber Eats. You know how they charge for all the delivery fees and everything. And it's cheaper than groceries because me and Jarvis got y'all a discount. Second win 50. Go to HelloFresh.com slash second win 50 and get a discount. And I'm going to even show y'all how to make it later on tonight. Y'all going to see me chef it up a little bit. You know that song? Adele got where she's like, hello. She just forgot to add the fresh to the end. So I'm going to show y'all how to really, really, really cook. Me, Chef, you need that. I told y'all I'd be back, man. Got the HelloFresh cheeseburger wraps. 20 minutes to make. Easy instructions. And I can't even make toast, so that's how you know it's easy. Go to HelloFresh.com slash second win to get 50% off again. It's HelloFresh.com slash second win and get 50% off. You got the HelloFresh lettuce wraps. Second Win family, what's good, man? Welcome to another episode of the Second Win Podcast. Per usual, I'm James, Gio, whatever you want to call me. Make sure you go hit the, the follow button and follow my gram here with the best co-host follow in the gram. world. The best Already? co-host in the world, Mr. Yes, Jay sir. Mills, man. Back to it. Um, Today we got somebody who I'm super excited for, somebody who's someone who's inspirational, someone who's a motivator, and someone who's a damn good football player. Pro Bowler, newly acquired New York Giants weapon. I don't want to call him a tight end because he's a weapon. Mr. Darren Waller is yes, on the sir. show today. We appreciate you getting on thank today, you, brother. Thank you for getting on, man. Appreciate you guys having me, man. I heard the, the title of the show. I felt like it uh, aligned perfectly. Yeah, you embody everything. I know just, like you said, camp 
camp just finished first game this uh first game this week so we appreciate you hopping on i know you're a busy man for sure nah and i just want to tell you like i've been following your story for a while like everything that you've been through all the people that you inspire and i want to give you your flowers because yes, you know that's super dope that you're making an impact on other people as well yeah. you know from what you went through so i want to give you your flowers for that appreciate it man I, you oh, know you're sure, making man. a difference bro it matters for i real. never thought i never thought it would uh be like this you know what i'm saying especially with the way things were yeah you impactful know? yeah it's wild yes sir so um you know just getting started you growing up in Ackworth, Georgia. Um, I heard you talk about before growing up childhood wise, like you felt like you never were accepted. Like you said, you never felt you were black enough. You never felt um, like you fit in. You kind of felt lost. Right. And um, of course, it was documented, documented when you were 15. So when you really things started to snowfall for you, do you think those situations growing up and feeling like that in that environment was a reason to like for everything that happened yeah for everything that, a snowball that. effect yeah no i can look back now and see like everything kind of just happened the way that it did for a reason you know like i don't feel like i learned the things i learned i don't feel like i'm in a position now where people can take inspiration or wisdom from me unless i went through everything that i went through or felt everything that that i felt so yeah i mean all those things contributed to it like i i mean i always tell people not a, lot, not a lot of people become like drug addicts or alcoholics because it's just like, you know, I can't wait to fuck my life up. Like, right. I can't just wait to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just ruin That's my not life. Like thought you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It starts with uh, just wanting to change the way that you feel. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, I'm anxious, man. I'm thinking about this. Like, ah, I just want to have a drink. Like, that'll help me out. That'll just give me that. Like, for me, pills was that weed drink. Like, it expanded from there, but it all just started from like, man, I'm so anxious. I'm so nervous i'm so I'm like my brain's moving a thousand miles prior i just want this shit to slow down a little bit yeah and that's where i started and then from there it's like this shit feels good i'm gonna keep doing it like oh this shit got me with the in crowd now like i could right. turn up like i could drink like that because yeah. you know it's alcoholics in my family so like i could like I could, I could throw drinks back and that's like amongst men that's something that's like yeah yeah so like i, I found my identity in doing shit like that yeah and do then, you feel like um you know the people that you were around kind of you know amplified that like you drinking or or taking pills or whatever the case may be uh yeah i mean just like you know you kind of like you are who you hang around you hang around the barbershop you're gonna get a haircut right yeah. it's like um but i don't i don't blame them in any way it was something that i wanted to get into i wanted to do what they were doing because they were cool people and also mm -hmm. i wanted to you know partake because that shit made me it just made everything slow down it made me feel at peace it made me feel like all right like I ain't got to be tripping about everything at all times. So, uh, but yeah, I don't blame anybody else, but yeah, just being in that environment definitely accelerated me and wanted mm -hmm. me and got me to just take it to new levels. Yeah. Right. I think like, I feel like that's such a big part of like being a kid, like who you're around. Like we had Jay Penny on here last week. And one of the things that he said that really stuck with me, he was like, you have to be selfish about like who you surround yourself with, you know, who's in your circle, who has access to you. And I feel like the younger that you learn that, it's almost the, like more beneficial, you know, because if you were in, you know, with a different crowd, it might have been, you know, the story might have been a little bit different. So I think that's so important. But also what Jay Penny said is like, you've always been yourself. Like him meeting you, he was like, I love Darren because he's in, his, he's himself at all times. Unapologetically. He's yourself. unapologetically yep. himself. You know what I'm saying? He's like, it doesn't matter who's in the room. You're always going to get Darren, you know? And I, I thought that was, that was super dope when he said that about you. Yeah. That's, that's crazy because 
there was a, a majority of my life where it was like you were going to get a different dare in every room that i walked into wow so like i was going to put a mask on i was going to be the yeah, you know whoever. trying to be tough trying to be cool trying yep. to be on the bitches like mm-hmm. trying to be and then in another room i'd be like on the nerd kind of like we was talking about before the, just the show like i was gonna be the nerd i was gonna be the dude that was you know intelligent about school about whatever like every room i went into i feel like i had to change right yeah. i never felt comfortable in my own skin just showing up as me so for for him to say that it's like looking back on my journey it's like i never i never felt that about myself that i could walk in and for somebody else to notice that it's like wow it's like God, that's a great, that gotta be a great feeling. That's a, man. Great, that's feeling. a great feeling. It's like it's like progress, you know. It's like the work is working type of thing. Um, and despite all the you know sh- struggles and trials and tribulations that you had early on in life, you still balled out enough to get a scholarship at Georgia Tech, right? So like you were obviously a freak athlete, but you know when you sometimes when you change environments, right, you think it's gonna be a better situation. But when you went to Georgia Tech, it was almost like more detrimental for you like you said you would go out six nights of the week you know there's only seven nights in the week so and you were doing more drugs like you were just just doing a lot more than you did when you were younger um do you ever look back and think like if i didn't do that i could have been this because you were a dog at georgia tech but you could have been like ridiculous had you not been dealing with what you were dealing with i mean look at you like you're six eleven. <laughs> you have an eighty inch vert, and you run a four four. You know what I'm saying? You ever think about that? Like reflect on that? Yeah, I mean, I obviously think it could have been different because I devoted no time to towards recovery or towards taking care of my body or yeah. getting to bed on time. Mm-hmm. Like none of those things ever crossed my mind because like I'm just living a completely different lifestyle mm-hmm. than that. So I feel like in a way, it's like yeah, like if you just like change those things into the positive habits that you know, people preach there'd been a big difference, but at the same time, it's like, I didn't have any confidence. Yeah. There was no mentally I was gone. I was gone. So it was like, no matter what physical tools were there, I don't think I had the mindset or just the confidence and belief in myself to be able to go out and do it. Like every day I was in the practice field, I was like, just this voice of doubt moving a thousand miles per hour. That's why it's like, I can't wait to go get, go get lit because that voice will start quiet down. Right. So it's like, in a way I feel like, yeah, like I made a lot of plays and even when I did like make some plays, it still didn't translate into like me feeling this supreme mm-hmm. confidence. It was just still always like, you know, even still today, I, I, it's getting over. It's just like, man, like no matter how much you do, like, right. There's a story. I, I had a, a 200 yard game against the jets. Yeah. And, uh, that Wednesday at practice, um, I think I lined up like in routes on air and I'm like, my mind's like, don't drop this pass. Like, Wow. Second like yourself. Off of, coming off a 200 yard game. Yeah. And niggas, niggas just don't show up and have 200 yard games. <laughs> right. right. You just don't walk but, into that. But here I am, like, still with this voice in my head, still trying to, like, get over it. That's Facts. a decade after the fact. But, yeah. but yeah, I feel, I feel like, yeah, if I just change, like, my basic habits, like, my career in college could have been different. Right. And I heard you say something before, too, especially when you first got to college, like, I also look at it. It's like the same thing in high school. It's a new environment. You want to fit in and all that stuff. (laughs) Like you said, you're going out six or seven nights a week, but you said you felt like you had to. So I wanted to ask you, why did you feel like you had to do that? Um, Because I feel like I had to um, please people, be around people, be seen in some way to be like appreciated or feel like I was enough or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, because when I was in that environment and I was, you know, having 20 something beers or, you know, as, as, as many shots and, and running through bottles, like 
that's where I felt like people were like, yo, they how do you do that? that? Like, yeah. and it's yo, like, that's I crazy. felt that felt like love. That felt like appreciation and respect. And I was like, that's what I need. That's what I crave. I craved that since I was a kid, you know? Right. So it's like, that's why. And then it's just like, you know, like, I'd enjoyed getting fucked up. Like, I'm, <laughs> right. like I'm with shit. Like, it wasn't always like I'm just being drugged this shit. Like, right, right. I, I enjoyed doing that. And that's what became like the highlight of my life. Like, everything that I enjoyed doing, like doing music when I was a kid and mm-hmm. hobbies like that, reading, being outside, like all those things. Like, once I was just getting high all the time, like all those things, like just didn't cut it no you more. You didn't care you know? no more. Damn. And then, you know, having your three, uh, you played at Georgia Tech for three years, you end up getting drafted by the Ravens. Um, and I, I saw that Coach Harbaugh said, you probably would have went higher if you didn't have character issues. And I saw you talking about, yeah, I was lying, telling everyone like, yeah, that's behind me, all that. But you still ended up getting drafted. Can you still talk about that moment, regardless whether um, you're doing all the stuff um, and the drugs and the addiction, you still got drafted. And that's still a milestone. That's still a pillar in your career. Like, can you talk about that feeling of still getting drafted? Um, it's not something that I could have appreciated until later on. Cause at the time I was just like swirling and spiraling, man. So it was just like, when I got drafted, I was like, damn, I'm going to go to Baltimore and like, they're going to find out I'm a fucking addict and like, I'm just yeah. on bullshit and like, they can't trust me. Like, this is all things that are going through my head when I'm getting drafted. When most dudes are in tears and yeah. their family's like, yeah, like it's the greatest moment of their life. But I'm thinking like, oh, like what's going to happen down the road? Like I can see my career crashing and burning in flames. Yeah. before it even starts i can't even appreciate the moment for what it is and how how amazing it is like you just said like because yeah. all i can see is the negative and what's going to come and how i'm going to be exposed you know so when you got drafted you were nervous about the future yeah yeah wow that's a wow, crazy feeling that's, that's crazy because mo like nine ten times out of ten like 99 percent of the time when guys get drafted you know their their mindset is like all right now I, i'm at i'm at the pinnacle where I've been right. trying to get to, I'm excited. And your mindset was like, I'm here, but like, I, I know what this could turn into. Yeah. You know but what I mean, saying? it's crazy. Cause like, since I was a kid, it was like, Oh, you go to the NFL, like, you know, your life couldn't get any better. And it's like, right. now I'm going to the NFL. Like I, I still feel like terrible on the inside. I still feel like miserable. Like, yeah. And it's like going into that, the beginning of my NFL journey. I'm just like, yeah, this shit isn't going away. I thought once I made it to the league, like I was going to be like happy, like right. my life didn't get no better. That's like, how I felt. and, uh, that, that wasn't the case. So for you, when you got drafted and like leading into that, were you just like, I got like, were you trying to figure out how, how do I keep this fucking train rolling? Basically? Yeah. Just how do I, you know, how do I just keep pulling the wool over people's eyes? Like yeah. how do I just keep holding this image up of yeah. me that I want the world to see as yeah. opposed to like, you know, just never yeah. stepping to see, stopping to see like, who am I really, you know? Yeah. And like your time in Baltimore was short lived, right? And it probably wasn't what you wanted it to be. Oh, it was right? terrible. It was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was underwhelming to say it was the least. Right. Was to right. And and you dealt with so much, like with your addiction, and you were still struggling with that while being in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Um, so much to the point where you were suspended by the league for a year. Um, and then after that, probably one of the darkest days in your life came, you know, August 11th, 2017. And you've told the story a bunch of times, but for anyone that doesn't know you or might be seeing you for the first time, yeah. can you talk about that day? Like how you saw that day and how everything like unfolded? Yeah. Um, I feel like I need to provide context and go yeah. back. Cause I don't know if I've ever shared this before, but it's like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like, uh, self-sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my second year in NFL, like I suspended the first four games, but then I played the last 12 with my first year at tight end. And uh, I tore my labrum with like a month to go in the season. 
and uh and i was also just like spiraling mentally and i finally told like the ravens i was like yeah like i feel like i might like need some help like just kind of like not telling the whole story but just kind of like putting it out there I was like yeah. i might need to leave like da, 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 da. and i remember they were just kind of like all right like whatever and i just i was like I wanted them to like beg for me not to go, not to go, mm-hmm. but yeah. they were just like, you know, kind of over you, we're over your shit when they like, right. <laughs> yeah. So at that point I was just like, at that point I, I was in my mind, I'm like, I am going to finish the season. I'm going to rehab my shoulder, but, um, I'm going to purposely fail every drug test. So they kick me out of the league Damn. because I'm too afraid or insecure to tell people that I might not want to play football anymore or that, I need to step away or that this ain't working for me. Like, so I was like, Oh, if the league just puts me out of my misery. It's, it's it just looks like, Oh, I just kind of crashed and burned. And you know, I don't Everyone have, I don't forgets. have to take ownership for it kind of mm-hmm. thing. And so it's like, yeah, I kind of orchestrated that. And I was just like, yeah, like I, I wanted to be out of the league. And then I was like, and telling them like, Oh, I need to get some help. And then that time comes where I get, get that suspension, which is two months before I overdose. Mm-hmm. And uh, you think like, okay, like I'm actually going, go get some help i'm like nah like i'm doing cocaine now like i'm like yeah. you're, you're going, even harder, even going, even harder. going harder yeah. yeah going even harder so Damn. but then um so i was gonna move out of my apartment in baltimore to move back home with my parents because i was suspended for a year and uh august 11th is the day before um like my clean date and i was like yeah i'm gonna go get some pills one more time like from the same place i always get them from mm-hmm. and uh People have been telling me like, "Yo, watch out down here! Like, most are just pressing pills. Yeah, you going fuck around and get some fentanyl, and yep. it's not gonna be good." And you just kind of like, "Yeah, you kind of feel invincible, right?" And uh, go pick up. You know, by the time like I'm impatient, right? Because usually you just take pills, and it takes like 20, 30 minutes to kick in. But I'm like, "Nah, I'm I, you snore them because you can you can be yeah, you be up there really, in three yeah, minutes." Right. Yeah, you know? yeah. So like snore them, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go to a giant grocery store, get some food, and." You know, just post up at the house, like, just be a vegetable. like. And uh, I went to get out the car, and I was just like, I felt like I was just going to just bomb, just hit the ground and just, and I was like, that's going to cause a scene. Like, this is right around the corner from the Ravens facility. Yeah. And I was like, let me just get back in the car and just sat in the car. I was thinking, I was like, all right, I'm just come down from this and I'm be straight. And it was just like, somebody pulled the plug from behind the TV. Like, Mm -hmm. you ever playing a game and your mom just pulled the plug. And it goes dark. Like, it was just like, I just laid my head back and woke up. And it was nighttime because I, I passed out like in the daytime. I woke up right. at nighttime and I was like, like I sweated my whole body out and I was just like cold and like felt crazy. And it was yeah, like, I don't, know, I don't know what happened, but then it's like, you can't you look back and it's like you process it through like therapy and stuff. And it's like, nah, like, it's like you, you OD, you didn't OD. voluntarily like take a nap there before, right. like for six hours. Like, and it's yeah. like, you know, that I woke up from that and I feel like in that moment, God had done enough to be like, all right, like, I don't really have control of this. Like, I'll at least go to rehab and, you know, see what this is like. Because before that, I always felt like I had control of everything. Like, like the joke's on you, motherfucker. Like, I'm, right. in, the, yeah. I'm in the facility. I'm doing everything high. And you don't know I'm, I'm getting high. But it's like, in, really, in reality, it's controlling me in that moment. Like, reality of that. Mm-hmm. See, that story resonates with me so much because, like, I went through a similar situation. Not me personally, but someone really, really close to me who went to go pick up, you know, like they usually do and they didn't know that their stuff was pressed as well Mm -hmm. and i just remember getting that call in the middle of the night and they were like this happened to so and so like they're in the hospital and i was like it was like the scariest night of my life and that was me on the outside looking in right you were on the inside so like i can only imagine like how 
scared were you during that time? Because, I, I mean, I was petrified. Like, that was still to this day. And I've been through some shit. Like, that was the scariest time of my life. So, like, how petrified were you when you woke up? Because a lot of people don't get that second chance. You hear a million times, this person OD, this person OD, this person OD. Like, for you yeah. and the person I'm talking about, like, you guys are blessed to have that second chance. So, how, like, petrified were you? Yeah, no, it was a lot, a mixture of a lot of emotions. Like, frightened for sure and uh but also like confused and lost and uh and this will it probably makes sense if i explain it but like betrayed mm. um because I, i'm here i am thinking like you know i'm just doing what i need to do to get back i was like when i first started i was like man i just wanted just this fucking hamster wheel in my head to just slow down a little bit like that's why i started doing this but now it's like i thought this was like my path to peace now it's killing me mm-hmm. so i'm just like confused i'm like I wasn't really trying to do this to be an asshole. I wasn't trying to do this to, you know, get suspended from every team I'm on or just like be painted as this dude. Like I'm, you ask people around, it's like, oh man, he's a nice dude. He's a respectful, yeah. like, but it's, and it's like the confusing, it's like just cunning and baffling. It's just like, how did I in, end up here? Like, I'm just all like, right. what the fuck? Like all I was trying to do was just be okay and just calm down and just try to figure life out. But here I am like on the brink of death. Yeah. Like just because I was trying to have some peace, and then it's like you start to piece things together to go to rehab. It's like, all right, this isn't the real path to peace because otherwise, I would I would be the best version of me would be coming out. Right. Mm-hmm. So this has to be a, a counterfeit. But yeah, I was you know it, it definitely scared me enough to be like, yeah, no, I need to go like see what's what because they were sending me in college to outpatient rehab programs, and I was just kind of giving them the runaround like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah whatever. And they get you to sign like you know you don't. I was in it for like six months or something. Like no drinking, no smoking for six months. I'm like, yeah. I got shit in the car on the way home. Like, <laughs> you know. So it's like, but at that point, it was just like, whoa, like, yeah. Nah, so like, wake up. This call. is, and it's crazy that even that's not enough for some people. Some yeah. people overdose countless times, multiple times, yeah. Or and 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 don't have have life. So it's like I'm blessed that that was enough for me. Mm-hmm. It was almost like, like a like hindsight is 2020 right but it was almost like at the time it wasn't a blessing in disguise but now it's like it's almost it's almost a blessing it's a blessing blessing in disguise right now because it's like that could have been so much worse you know it was a blessing that that happened and that you survived and you could look and be like yo that's never happening again like this that situation is crazy and i'm not i'm not gonna put myself in that situation again i basically see it as um god saying my boy, this is the only way I know how to get your attention. Yeah. Because mm. he was trying for so long. Oh, right? yeah. It's the only way, the only way I know how. He had to do this to you to show you. Yeah. And like we, and like he said, like, luckily you survived that incident. Um, and you check yourself into rehab. You went all the way up to Maine. Um, and it changed your life. Can you please just elaborate and talk about how life-changing that experience was going up there and um, the whole rehab process? Uh, yeah, it was 30 days that kind of shattered everything that I thought was important in life. Um, like you get there and you know, it, it forces you to just be honest, which is from 15, 16 years old. I mean, you start lying about where you're going. Like you, you're like, Oh, I'm going such and such house. You lying. You going somewhere else. Oh, I'm going to go do this or do that. And I'm lying or I'm, or I'm stealing or I'm, or I'm cheating on something. And it's just like over time that becomes like, your character and it's like there is no honesty because i don't even know who i really am i can't be honest with myself just lying and Mm -hmm. so it's like you learn you get there and it's just like you have one-on-one therapy with a a counselor you have group therapy with 
the other people that are in the house. Um, you know, it's just forcing you to come out of your shell and uh, they start taking you to uh, like 12 step meetings. And I'm just sitting in the back, like, what the fuck's going on here? Because people are just like willingly talking about themselves, kind of like I am right now, just like being open. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the, why the fuck are we doing this? Right. And uh, it's just those things that it just forces you to be open. I got into like journaling when I was there. And then, like, when I was there, that's when I really made the decision of like, okay, I'm going with this music stuff. Like, just ways to, for me to get all the shit out that, that's been building up on the inside of me for 25 years at that point. And, uh, just change the game, learn how to meditate when I was there, you know, started forming like the relationship with God I had in my life and realizing I didn't have one and realizing that I was just kind of like using the God card to like, feel like he would bless me if I did certain things like a transactional relationship. So uncovering all those things and then just realizing that, man, like I never just stopped to care about me or stop to just be like, what do I want to do in life? Or who do I want to be? And just build that from the ground up. Like, cause we always hustling and bustling, trying to get to the next move, mm-hmm. get to the next bag, get to the next play. Mm-hmm. That shit ran me into the ground. Right. That shit ran me damn near into six feet underground. And, and I'm interested to ask you, cause I know you being a professional athlete, you're so wrapped up in your identity, right? So right. when you go to rehab, were you like at first, cause obviously it was life-changing and you learned so many positive things. But when you first got there, were you like, ashamed identity wise like bro like why the fuck am i here i'm a i should be in the league right now like, did you have those feelings and emotions when you first got there yeah i had them in a few different stages too but yeah definitely when i uh sorry people you hear the cat meow and that's it's all good that's we got son. we got a good camera guy yep <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, i ain't even gonna hear that joint um but yeah no i definitely felt it there it's just like yeah i'm this nfl guy and i'm in rehab like first off and then it's like uh when i left rehab and went home i got a job at uh, sprouts farmer's market so i felt it there it's like not only like I'm this huge guy working at Sprouts, people are like, shouldn't you be on the field somewhere? <laughs> and, and, like, and that and that and that that right there, I can attest to and relate to just because I felt the same way when I stopped playing ball. Uh, I decided to step away um, from playing ball because of mental health issues. When I went back home, that whole identity thing, I felt that. So every, when I heard your story and it resonated me when you said you went back to Sprouts, like I felt like that when I used to go to a public gym. And people used yeah. to like, damn, Jarv, you're not still playing ball? So I can really re- uh, resonate and uh, I feel what you're saying for sure. Yeah, it's tough, man. You got you to gotta really sit down and force you to be like, all right, who who am I? Like, mm-hmm. you know, without, if you take football away, because eventually at some point it's going to end. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I and it was a blessing for me to have the game taken away, honestly, looking back. Because now I could re-enter in and not have to be that same dude that's like, oh, I got to please everybody. I got to do this, like hanging on what everybody's saying or typing or writing. And it's just like, there ain't no way to live, man. Yeah. You really like found yourself with going to rehab. Like you found different techniques and you found like who Darren actually was. Um, and you, like you said, you went to Sprouts and you were working there and then you got the call. You're reinstated. Right. And once you got that call, it was like you turned into a monster, right? Like you started playing at the Raiders First year starting, boom, eleven hundred yards. Next yeah, year, I also boom. got I also got cut, so I got reinstated. I was still with the Ravens. I, the Ravens still had my rights. Oh, so they cut you. I got reinstated. Went to camp. First couple of days, I was going nuts, and then mm-hmm. it was just like they drafted Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst that year. Oh, okay, so they're invested in them, so they're not really invested in me anymore. Yep. And so, you know, I honestly feel like it was like a, a business move by them to like hide me because. That mm-hmm. preseason, I was playing garbage minutes, like last few minutes yeah, of the fourth like not quarter, really getting no yeah. burn. not getting no targets. I got one passed on me and a dude took my legs out, flip, flip me like mm. ball goes <laughs> flying. Like, so it was just like, 
and they knew like people wouldn't touch me because of my past. So it was uh, spent ten weeks on the practice squad that year. Yeah, and get to the tenth week, and I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm even gonna play in another NFL game again. Right. Until I got claimed by the Raiders yeah. after uh, the game that the Raiders had with the Ravens that day, and then it was that like right, right away, away, right? They claimed you right away. Right after, like, as soon as the game ended. Because they see me running around. Jesus. Some, they see me running around. <laughs> they see like, your ass that? looking we like that damn behemoth. And they was like, nah. Nah. We need that dude we need on the that squad. Dude. And even after that, when you were the starter, boom, 1,100 yards. Boom, 1,100 yards. Like, you're snapping. You're really, like, rejuvenating your career. Like, showing the world, really, who you knew you, who, like, you know who you are. And your family knows how you can perform. So, like, you're really showing the world at that point what you're capable of. Talk about, like, that point. Like, rejuvenating what you know you could be. Yeah, so I tie it back into um, when you asked me about uh, college, like if, if, I, if, if uh, how my career could have been different. I talked about the mental aspect, mm-hmm. like everything that I learned from rehab and then continuing therapy to continuing all those things, continuing meditation, like that was the missing piece. Right. And that was there. And that's why you see the career happen and you see like the potential turn into reality and, uh, and see it be consistent. Because like 2019, 2020, I was out mm-hmm. there every game and just like continue to to get better so it's like that missing component was there and i feel like so many dudes in the league that are skilled like even the dudes that you see like oh get cut at the end of training camp like it's so many good players that get cut in the training camp so many so many great players we try to tell everyone like bro like it's it's most of the time it's just like the mental component it's they're just on themselves too hard or it's grasping the playbook and just being able to go out on the field and just react and just be yourself and not think too much like that's what really separates dudes. And I feel like once I got everything changed on the inside for me, that's when my career changed on the outside because the gifts and the talent and all that stuff was already there. I just had to be able to, you know, make that shit work. I feel like that's what people don't really realize. Like there's so much mental to the game that like everyone from the outside looking in is just looking at like, Oh, that dude dropped the pass. Oh, that dude went through this. Oh, that dude's going through that on the field. But like, Behind the scenes, like you don't know what they're still humans, through. you know. Yeah. There's still other things in their body that they <laughs> well, go through. I mean, at the end of the day, we're we're kind of just entertainment, bro. Like seventy five percent of my interactions with people is like fantasy. Yeah, and I got you on my fantasy squad. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, and it's like, yeah, you're just like, all right, you're on my team. Like, yeah, I'm like, if you balling, like, I'm I'm with you. But if you're not, I'm like, yo, you like what you yeah, doing? Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> like you're not a real. Like you're not it's a real person. It's almost like you're like like you're an object. Like you like you trying to go out there and fuck up. Right. right. Yeah, I want to do play. I like, yeah, yo, I'm not trying to catch that many balls this game because <laughs> right. of your because of your Joe fantasy. fantasy. That doesn't make sense. And that's that's one of the reasons why we even started the pod to like give you and other people a platform. So everyone can see like transparency. Like this person's a real person. Real individual. Like they have real emotions. You know what I'm saying? They're not just like an object. They're not just like entertainment. It's you like know? it's like uh if you like if somebody was talking about like your brother, like your brother's out there playing and it's like somebody talking about them crazy, you're gonna be like, yo, who the fuck you talking, talking to? to like, exactly. yeah. But then it's like, all right, well, if it's like anybody, why if, it, if it's somebody else, why is it any different? Right. That's mm-hmm. how I feel because it's like these are just real human beings that's really out there trying to do the best that they can and they may fail at it. And people will be people on your ass on the internet. <laughs> yeah. You got to stay crazy. away from it. I was like, you think these dudes work this hard and make it to the highest level to play like shit? Right. Like, you really think they want to do bad? Like, your livelihood is on the line. You got family. So it's like, like I said, people don't see that human side, which matters. Right. But at the end of the day, it's like a performance driven industry. And it it's is. like, it is. There's no escaping that. What too. have you done for me lately type business? Right. Shit. For real. And then now, boom, you get traded to New York, um, which is kind of like a 
match made in heaven. Your dad's a longtime Giants fan, but right. at the time uh, when you're with the Raiders, there was a lot of things going on, a lot of distractions. Um, so, you know, you get shipped over to New York, bro. It's a whole new vibe. Like, tell me about how it is being with this organization and, like, the guys in the locker room. And obviously there's a new vibe around the team this year. Everyone's excited. So how do you feel? Uh, it's It's been amazing from the jump, man. I feel like it, it just goes back to uh, when I first got the call, I was being traded out that uh, my physical therapist spot in Vegas. Shout out to Zachy. I don't know if you're going to see it. Bro, but, uh, you're going to see it. <laughs> but um, I got the call while I was in his office and uh, from the Raiders GM. And I had on, uh, I I on speakerphone. We just kind of looked at each other like, damn, well, shit about, like, shit shit, shit about to happen. But as I'm going down the stairs to go to my car, I get a FaceTime from, like, a random number. And I'm usually like, I'm not picking up no random numbers. But I answer the phone, and it's uh, Dayball and Joe Shane, the GM of the Giants. Yeah. And they're just, like, over the moon. Yo. Like, okay, wait, it's like, where are you coming <laughs> up? Let's go. So it's just like, that, kind of, that feels good, you know? Because it's like, I feel, like, you know, wanted and appreciated. And uh, it's just an amazing feeling. And being here, working with the team since the offseason, I feel like everybody's been welcoming to me. And, uh, and then from there, it's just like, you know, just kind of letting people know, like, all right, like, through my actions, not really saying nothing, but just like, you know, like I'm a good teammate, like through the way that I work and through the way that I handle my business and how I treat people and how, how I just, how I, how I do things. Yeah. And uh, I made that a, a point and I feel like that's just allowed connections to naturally happen. And I just feel like I'm at home here already. And when you got traded and like we were talking about before, like you said, you're human, right? So you feel all those emotions, like as a football player, like Darren, the football player, did you feel like, damn, like I'm getting traded? Like in a, in a way, like, damn, like, I just balled. Like, I I was feeling good about my career so far. Like, I got traded. Like, did you feel any type of way? Not animosity, but just, like, as a player, personally, like, did you feel any emotions, like? Um, not very much, honestly. Because, um, I mean, at this point, like, I've been, I've had the ups and downs of my career. Like, I got drafted mm -hmm. late, you know, making the team, showing some promise. And then, like, my shit happens in my life. Shit kind of plummets. And then it's like, all right, start working back up. Um, come back, got reinstated, got cut, um, and then went to a new team. So realizing, like, like, okay, like, these things don't last forever. Like, sometimes you go somewhere else. And so it's like having those experiences, it didn't really, like, sting or bite like that. You know what I'm saying? I kind of realized through the season, like, hearing things from my agent and other people, that's like, I was on the trading, like, off and on the trading block, yeah. like, pretty much the whole time. So it was it's a like, possibility. It's like, and you realize, like, you don't really take those things personally. Like, it's, it's easy to do that, but it's like, that's not really going to help me because it's just going to make me resentful. It's just going to make me angry, anxious, trying to figure things out. And that's the shit that's going to send me back to doing what I was doing before. Yeah. And so it's like, I try to keep a healthy perspective on things. And it's like, yeah, like, it's a change, it's a shift. It's like, I was 12 hours back from my honeymoon jeez when i got that when i got the call being traded so <laughs> those things are real those are things where it's like man like yeah. that's things you kind of stress about but as far as just like the football aspect i've seen so many things contracts traded cut this that third it's it like all. you're like immune the shit, you're the shit goes on like you, you nah, keep going as long as you you can continue to create and carve room for yourself by the way that you work by how consistent you are on a day-to-day -day basis no matter where i'm at what uniform i'm wearing i feel like i know how to do that and can do that so yeah it's amazing man the offense is revamped you say dj hyatt shep healthy like paris isaiah like y'all got a squad and this is like the most excited new york has been for football in a while you know you, like on paper you guys have a team that can compete what can we expect from the giants offense um i think you can expect balance like you can expect a lot of people 
being able to do good things out there. Cause, I mean, if you just look at it from a basic standpoint, you got DJ who's, you know, throwing the ball really well mm-hmm. and who's also a tremendous athlete, not just like a good athlete. Like mm-hmm. he can go, he he's can fast and he's strong. And so he can make plays in both those ways. You got Saquon who's like a generational running back talent. Like you're not just going to go find a Saquon Barkley. Right. Like Anywhere. very often, if not ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that he commands a lot of attention. Like the way that I play the game, like I command attention as well. So it's like you have to make decisions as far as passing game, running game there. And you also throw in people like you just said, Paris, Isaiah, Shep, who's looking at, who's been looking real explosive in his mm-hmm. return, which is, you know, shout to him. He, he definitely found a second win. He, Y'all need a new right, guest. Right. Yes, sir. Don't worry, we're going to get him. I got his accuracy. We're going to get over there, young Shep. But, um, but yeah, man, it's just a lot, a lot of dudes that can get it done, a lot of dudes that can, that can make plays. So just a really balanced offense. And then, um, like the way defense is coming together, like we talk about Jay Penny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Jay Penny. I've shout been Jay very Penny, impressed man. with him. Um, then you got the front, uh, Bobby at linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the rookies at corner have definitely earned their spots. You know? Right. Like they they showed it during camp. Yeah, yeah. You don't. You don't. That doesn't just happen without you earning it. You know what I'm saying? So right. I'm excited about what this team can do, man. Shit. As high and as fast as everybody said, because I know a lot of dudes on the team, and they say yeah. he'd be sliding. Yeah. Yeah, he's that, he's that I mean, fast. It's just me, like knowing like I played with uh, Henry Ruggs. It's, he was the fastest person I've ever seen in person. And it's like it's 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 right there. And it's back like some, the, some of the crazy, miles per hour. I'm like, wow, could, I, could Jalen beat him in a race? Like, and that's like it's crazy. But the yeah. fact that he's even that you even think that means that he has right to be that he flying. could potentially, potentially yeah. be like that to Henry. Right, which Henry is crazy. Is yeah, that's, Henry, that's, can, can we expect a win? Um. I mean, yeah, I thought it's, 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 it's reasonable to expect a win for sure. Like, if we play the game that we're supposed to play and it's like, you know, every single stage of the game, um, we handle the way we're supposed to handle it. Yeah, I believe a win is possible. I never feel like it's not possible anytime I step on the field or especially with this team that we have. So, right. so you know, just been walking in and be like, oh, yeah, we whooping their ass. Like, <laughs> right, that's right, just, right. That, you can't do that any week in the NFL. Happen. You go in and be like, all right, well, on a play-to-play basis, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to handle my business and be detailed in the things that I do because – they got dudes over there that can wreck, blow the game wide open. Shit, and uh, you gotta you gotta be locked in the whole day. Most Facts. definitely. What is something um, about like the Giants locker room, the Giants culture that like you love so far? Like being around these guys, the guys you were just naming. Some of them, a lot of them, are characters. But just being in that locker room, the new vibe. Like, what's something that you love? Um, like just that you've taken so far from just being around those guys. Um, I was impressed. The first time I ever met all these guys was um, Daniel hosted a throwing trip in Arizona. And renting like this huge Airbnb and it's like twenty something guys staying in there, and we would go to dinner and work out and um and stuff like that and just seeing how everybody just like laugh and joke with each other. And we went to dinner at uh, Steak Forty Four, Ocean Forty Four, one of them joints in Scottsdale, mm-hmm. and uh, we had the whole rumor out. They had JBL speakers blasting music, <laughs> it was freestyling, like just having a great time and just like these dudes really like each other. It's not like yeah, sometimes not in the league, it's like these are your coworkers. Right. Like in, in whatever job you're working at, you don't always fuck with your coworkers yeah, like that. Like clock in and go home. But you just handle business. But these mm-hmm. dudes really enjoy each other, really have a strong connection, just human beings, just man to man. And I was like, okay, this is dope. Like, I, yeah, it's like a college vibe. Like it makes it like family. showing up to work every day that much better. Jay Penny mm-hmm. said the same thing. That's that's for real. That, that speaks to the culture that like they've built because it wasn't always like that. Like before, a couple years ago, it was like walking on eggshells like dudes is like oh it's not it's not the same but now it's like even being around the guys it's like a big family atmosphere um talk about like Dable and like Kafka and like the stuff that they have you doing like I'm watching the preseason game three by one set they motion the back is you one-on-one 
like you're a number one receiver so it's bringing you back to like georgia tech like they're doing super creative stuff with you and even watching you like during camp you're going dumb talk about like how they have used you to this point um i feel like they're just building upon a lot of the foundation that uh i had when i was playing for coach gruden like because coach gruden would have me lining up out wide number two in the trips in the slot in a two by two yeah. in line like coming out of the backfield on a couple plays mm-hmm. like so it's just like i thought like them seeing that tape and like them doing their homework and research before they acquired me it's like oh this dude does a multitude of things on the field and so it's just yeah. kind of taking that and building upon it with even newer things and it's just like and I, and I love to be challenged in that way I feel like plus it's like uh, one of my favorite players is uh, Julio Jones yeah like ever bro and he's, it's like one of the things you look at him it's he's running a route from every single spot on the field because every single time he steps on the field they have a red circle around number 11 like <laughs> stop him we are not gonna yeah. let him but if he just lined up at X on the left by himself yeah you could, it's better easier to take him away but he's number three where a tight end would be he's in the slot he's all these different places going in motion it's like i see that it's like okay that's where my game has to continue to expand it's like i need to be able to do a multitude of things if i just run these three routes like right defenses are going to be able to find a way to affect you in some way so it's just uh you know just continuing to be versatile and they challenge me and have me doing things where i'll look at someone like oh wait what is that (laughs) but then it's like hey if it's helping me get open help me to be able to make play help the team so i'm with it I mean, I feel like you're expanding your route route. I see you uh, win yeah. on the slant in the preseason game. Like, you, I feel like at this point, you could do most of anything. Looking like, yeah, like a right. whole receiver. Yeah, no, that's, uh, it's, it's years of work. I mean, I remember uh, I had a receiver trainer. Uh, it was been a friend of mine since I was a kid. Uh, his name's Quay, man. I remember coming out of college. I was working, training with him uh, for, like, my pro day, bro. And I dead ass, like, I could barely run a slant. Like, really? all I could really, like, at Georgia Tech, all I was running, doing was blocking and, like, running a go route, bro. So it's like I had no skills whatsoever. So it was just like years and that was eight years ago, bro. So it's just over time working with him and just consistently working details like that because he was a like one of the you know short receivers that like could run really good routes. I'm like I'm this big lanky dude like to expand my game. I just need to lock in with him and you know and and soak <laughs> up right. the way he approached the game. You know what I'm saying? So it's uh those kind of things have paid off. Yeah, in a perfect world, right? Healthy season. What type of season does Darren Waller have this year? Um, I mean, a, a season that's, uh, you know, elite for a pass catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really get too caught up as far as, like, what the numbers should look like. Yeah, and, yeah. And all that stuff. But somebody that's just consistently week in, week out is somebody that is, you know, bringing that shit home for the Giants. Right, you know facts. what I'm saying? Like, yep. making plays happen. Um, and then to the point where if, if – defenses are starting to you know do whatever they need to do to take me away like just freeing up stuff for the guys around me yep. like in and taking pride in that so it's just you know just somebody that's like okay like anytime the giants get on the field like we know that we can lean on number 12 we know that we can rely on him week in week out like he's gonna be a guy that's gonna be leading the charge yeah for sure um you've talked about your wife being a pillar for you like a new pillar for you um and everyone knows behind every great man is a great woman so talk a little bit about her impact on you and like how she's helped you a lot and just being your companion, being there by your side. Um, yeah, I mean, my wife is, uh, uh, she's like the opposite of me in a lot of ways. Like, uh, naturally me, like, I'm just kind of just like a little anxious, a little like, I don't know, a little overthinking, like, and she's just like confident and like, you know, will let you know, not in a brash, arrogant way, but it's just like, you know, knows who she is. It's not afraid to have tough conversations. It's like, you know, 
has that energy and that's helped me out in numerous ways and she's helped me out with my career just in without even having to say anything to me just how disciplined she is as far as her craft how she approaches her routine on day to day and um i'm taking those snacks i'm like well, most of the time I'm in the league, like I'm just winging shit, bro. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll just go lift weights one day. Oh man, I might go box after this. And no I might go run some hills. Like, right. it's, like it's no plan to it. <clears throat> yeah. But I see how the way that she approaches things, and it's just like wow. Like so, just from her doing what she does, it's impacted me a lot. And then even through all the trades and things like that, just a supportive energy. Like she can understand. She wants to see me be the best version of myself, while I can still be able to play the game, still be able to do things I could do. So it's like, it's not somebody that's, you know, I'm getting traded. And it's like, oh, well, what I'm going to do? Yeah, like, right, right. You know, she having, she, she having, she we having motion. Like, yeah, we, 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 we figuring out. It's, it's a challenge, but, uh, you know, she's just been a great partner, great friend, like that's all dope. that. That's, that's amazing. Fire. The, re- the real question is, who's winning a one-on-one? One-on-one. You a freak who's athlete. Winning? She, she going to get the ball baseline. She going to take it baseline, uh, throw the no-look pass. She going to hit you with the lefty hezzy, but you got a 75-inch vert. <laughs> <laughs> and you 6'11". Six, six who's winning that Who one-on-one? That? I mean, if it's like, if there's like no like rules or anything on it, it's like if I could just like take her down to the block, then it's like, I'm sure it could probably be even, but. I mean, there's. See, that's why I don't I have. A, I don't, I don't, as far as like any other aspect of basketball, bro, I don't, yeah, have, I don't have a chance. Man. man, I just watched her against the link. She dropped forty. Yeah, yeah. on she eighteen was, shots. Dog. She was going dumb. I was like, bro, you don't. This, you won't see that efficient of a yeah, forty yeah, point game. That's not happening too often. Work ethic is crazy. Just eat, bro. That's crazy. Off of eighteen shots, and, yeah. and she's like the most. I've never seen a, a more well conditioned athlete, male or female. Really? Like she'll just she'll just she'll play forty minutes and just be like. And she's like cool. she'll lift after the game, like that's crazy. And she'll be yeah. talking to the cash. I see her hit a three, like, yeah, you see what's yeah, yeah. that's so hey, fire. She in her bag, man. That's how I'll be talking cash to Jarvis when I'll bust his me. ass. He one can't on fucking beat me. Just oh, how you said, yeah, I could just back I could just what? back I'm his way ass. stronger yeah. than you. Like what'd you say? Don't make us start wrestling on Come camera, on, bro. bro. Come on, bro. Don't make us start wrestling want that on smoke. camera. He want that smoke. We're gonna wrestle after I'm gonna show y'all what I get into. I got receipts. But um I don't like that. At basketball, don't 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 go don't ahead, upset. bro. Ask the next question don't, don't get mad. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, throughout your life, you've caught so many second wins, and you know, you just embody everything that this show is about. Um, if you could describe your life in one word or phrase up until this point, what would you say? You can't use adversity though. Everybody use adversity, so we had to we had to cut that out. Yeah, that was yeah that one. Um... And why? Oh man, one word. Or phrase. I would say uh, resiliency. I would say resiliency. It's a lot of different stages, a lot of different points in my life where I could have um, just kind of folded, you know what I'm saying? Um, whether it be just on a personal life standpoint, um, football-wise, uh, anything, man. Like I feel like it's just continuing to be in the process like uh, I'm still trying to figure out who I am as a man ultimately and uh, it's a process you just gotta stick with through good days through bad days um, and it's it's turned me into like a, a more process driven person than a results person mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't really like the yards and everything isn't really what it is for me but it's more about if I go out there and every and every single time they throw me the ball once, like I make a play, and then they throw it to me again, I make a play. Like them joints stack. Stack yeah. wins. You ain't got to worry about all that shit down the road. You ain't got to worry about how it's going to turn out. Like if you if you handle your business in a 
in a way that's, you know, professional in a way that's, you know, only in a way only you can do it. And it's at a high level, like life's going to work out for you, man. Like cause shit shouldn't work out. Like I shouldn't be in the position I'm in. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I feel. Like I'm playing with house money right, right now. Right. It's like, it's like, like said, Jay Ping, like says like, man, he's going to be whoever he is in the room. Cause it's like, I don't feel like if I lose this, I lose me. Right. Like I'm, I'm, Damn, I'm that's a bar. I'm, I'm, fig- I'm, I'm still like, my life going to continue to go on. My story's going to continue to be written. Like, Cause God's the prior at the end of the day. It's no, it's no general manager. It's no whoever's cutting the checks. Like at the end of the day, like I have that relationship. I have that understanding. So it's, you know, you just keep, keep going, man. Like that shit going to be cliche, but it's like a lot of people, they face discomfort. They face a setback and it's like, I'm going the other direction. Right. And really you should continue to move towards that f- fear. You should continue to move towards that L because it's going to teach you something. It's really just trying to explain something to you and, help you get to that next chapter, that next level of who you're supposed to be, man. So it's Damn. resiliency. That's, the word. No. that's a, that's a great word. Great yeah, answer. No, great that's word, a beautiful answer. answer. Um, and the last question that we always ask, if people don't take anything away from this show, we want them to take something away from this answer. Um, so if you had to give someone advice on, you know, catching their second win and kind of dealing with adversity, anything they're going through, or if they want to be the next Darren Waller, which they probably won't be because the people that, that are built like you don't come across the, the yeah, earth that often. But, you know, any type of adversity that someone's dealing with that they're trying to catch their second win, what advice would you give them? Um, I would say, one, just look at me. Um, but uh, I would give them a quote, Winston Churchill. He's a British prime minister during World Wars. He said, uh, success is moving from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Damn. So it's a lot of people like me, like I me, mean, we ain't talk about like I've been I've been arrested three times. Yeah. I said I've been kicked off of my high school basketball team, suspended from Georgia Tech multiple times, suspended from the Ravens multiple mm-hmm. times, banned from the league. Um, you know, been through it OD'd, all. like, you know what I'm saying? Like all these things happen and it's just like you may feel like there's no way you could get up. Like found a way. There was a way <laughs> right. for me, so there's a way for you. No, that's facts. Hey, Darren, we wouldn't tell you, bro. We yeah, really man. appreciate you taking the time out. Like, mm-hmm. your story is so impactful. It, it helps so many people. And, like, what you do for other people as well is, is beautiful to see. So, um, yeah, we want to tell you we appreciate can't you getting you on, enough, bro. bro. We can't thank you enough. Um, Walking testimony, brother, for, for real. real. Much nah, respect. That was, that was a deep episode. It hit me right here. No for problem, real. man. I, I, I enjoy people that are, you know, pushing the agenda with conversations like this, just like real life and, and just kicking in, man. So, you guys done but For peace real. and prosperity with the show oh, boy. my, my guy. hey Appreciate second win family make sure y'all like subscribe comment, subscribe go tell, tell your, your auntie dog, go tell, tell your, cat, your cousin tell go tell anyone. whoever you need to tell second Please. win family and subscribe or else my kids ain't, real, gonna, real, eat. Real, they ain't gonna eat this month second win family we out gang Appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs>